What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hmm? Ah! Huh. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Penny. And I'm Greg. And this is... Titania presents She-Hulk TM Cast, a podcast dedicated to the Disney Plus show She-Hulk by Titania. Brought to you by Titania Worldwide Industries, LLC, and starring Titania. This episode, we're covering Season 1, Episode 5, Mean Green and Poured Straight into These Jeans. Thanks, everyone, by the way, for subscribing and following us last week when we were doing the contest. We had uh, some great success with that, and it uh, really made me feel good to see a bunch of ratings and reviews pop up. So I just want to thank everybody for uh, participating. That was great. Yeah, it was. we really appreciate the feedback. Um, and if you have feedback about uh, um, about our, our uh, the podcast or stuff we talk about or whatever, then please let us know. Um, we, we got some feedback, you know, last week and, uh, we got some feedback this week about, uh, me complaining about the spoilers and Hey, I can totally understand the, the viewpoint of, Hey, it's been around for out, out for a decade or rather it's been over for a decade. I totally get that for me. It was such a, uh, such a, a, a big portion of my childhood. And it was such a big deal when I was growing up that it was, uh, it was a really big deal on a personal level because it was a huge spoiler, but, uh, but I can totally appreciate your point. Um, and, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll, that's the great thing about this is that we can all have differing opinions and, uh, and we, we just, we work our way through it. So Greg, what did you think about the episode overall? Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. This one, I like, I found myself laughing out loud at, uh, several of the the points during the show, and it made me like the fact that there was less superheroing and more like witty banter and embarrassing situations. It kind of you know some of it definitely made me feel like uh, you know almost like a cringe comedy type thing. But I but I I mean I I enjoy The Office. I enjoy some of those ridiculous shows. But uh, yeah, I I really liked it. It was probably maybe not my favorite episode, but I mean, it was my favorite, like, Jen She-Hulk-centric episode. Yeah. I uh, I enjoyed it as well. Um, I was excited to meet Mallory Book and to spend a little time with her. I um, really enjoyed her in the comics, and seeing this version of her 
is is really cool. She's so polished and put together and kind of intimidating, especially for Jen, yeah. who's like a little klutzy and she's new at her job and just not <laughs> she's just not all of that that put together and and whatnot yeah no i i agree uh the the I, the line she looks like where do you think she gets her clothes at a place that has valet <laughs> made <Yeah>. me crack up <laughs> well her clothes are exquisite i mean mallory is definitely the best dressed person on the show I, like I wasn't like maybe I'm just not a fashion person. Like maybe it's just not my thing, and I am perfectly willing to accept that. Uh, but like the black and white like zigzag pattern, I was like, is that high fashion? I don't. I, maybe I just don't get it. Uh, I thought that Nikki was more colorfully and more you know almost flamboyantly dressed in this and. I mean, and then, you know, and, and at the same time, you know, Mallory's like, you look like someone who pays attention to what you wear. And yeah. I'm just like, I mean, she does. I mean, obviously between her makeup and the clothes and, uh, I mean, you, you have mentioned before the like Nikki's outfits are fire. Yeah. I, I personally am kind of like, okay, cool. Like I, I'm like, all right, sure. Whatever. Not, not my thing as in. I can appreciate it, but I don't necessarily appreciate it for like being high fashion or, oh, that's well put together or whatever the case is. I go, all right, that's a look. Yeah. Well, they're very different from each other, Mallory and Nick. Oh, but, yeah, right. Um, they, but they both have very carefully constructed their looks. And uh, I get the sense that Mallory probably has a very different outside the office persona and look. That is her gotcha. lawyer look. And it's fierce, but it's also very buttoned up and um, tailored. So it it adds to the overall polished effect of her persona with her like sharp hair and the whole thing. Yeah. Speaking of that, and I don't want to get onto a huge tangent, but the giant gold zipper up the back of her dress in court, is that a normal thing? Because it was just um, super distracting to me. Yeah, I th- I think that. Her dresses are a little tight and a little sexy for court, but for TV court, they make sense. I think that <laughs> that the visible zipper is a little too sexy. Um, most like, judges is that sexy? wouldn't be okay with that. Like, is is that considered sexy? I mean, I just I like think I said, I maybe it's not not a not a thing that I quite understand. But uh, okay, yeah, gotcha. All right, cool. How about you? Oh, actually, you just you just said that. So uh, cool. <laughs> so next section, uh, breaking the fourth wall. There are only a couple in this one, right? Yeah, I only saw I only saw one of them, but I think you caught more than that. Uh, yeah. So so I think the I think the only three, and I I think there were three. Um, one may have been just a look to camera, or a look around the camera. But the, the, so the first one was when she was complaining about uh, Titania and stealing her name. And she's like basically ta- stalking ti- Titania.com um, or whatever it is. And uh, she looks at the camera. I'm, I'm over it. I, I really am. And um, is that before or after she crushes the stapler? That was after because it was after <laughs> Nikki left the room. And then we go back and she's still staring at the Titania like interview or whatever. And I'm over it. I, I really am. Um, delivered 
per, with perfection, like from Tatiana Maslany. Um, and then after the initial court scene at the very end, where it's like, we definitely have more to present. And then she's like, we're basically just getting ready to cut. And I feel like she looked at the camera, uh, kind of in like, Oh boy, this is not going to be great. Um, and then the, the most emphatic of, of it was the, it was, it was really funny because it was also kind of a reflection of, of Jen's character when she's like, I thought you were going to get new clothes. Oh, oh yeah. My clothes. <laughs> like, Oh, I'm super excited. I'm getting new clothes. Yeah. You know what the show has never had now that I think about it is like any time with Jen looking at her She-Hulk form in the mirror and like sort of coming to terms with who she is when she's in that form. I don't know if I like that they haven't done that because it's kind of cliche or if I feel like I'm missing that moment from her development. I think that that was something that was vital to the, to the comic. And I'm hoping that by the end of the series, she comes to terms with what she is and, and what her form is because you see, uh, you know, the, like in all the drawings at the, at the end during the credits, like it's always her posing, not always, but you know, Hey, it's, it's her posing while holding a giant barbell with one hand with the, the, the guy in on Venice beach staring at her in shock. Um, there's the, the picture of her with the, shadow of uh of she hulk um cr- you know curling her biceps um yep. in that that cl- that classic bodybuilder pose mm-hmm. um so i'm hoping that by the end of this because it was in, in the comics she was just like hey this is what i am and you can all just eat it um i'm hoping that by the end she she comes to terms with it because you're right they they don't have that and she definitely doesn't seem comfortable in her own well, in that particular body, in her stash, statuesque body, um, and so I, yeah, I would, I would agree with you that they, it is missing, and I feel like it, it. I really hope that 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 comes. Yeah, me too. Maybe that's going to be part of her development now that she's got new clothes, and maybe someone will say like, "You should put a little more effort into your hair." Like, maybe this will be the time when she'll finally look in the mirror and realize that she's been pretending she was okay with it. Right. Up until now. I don't know. Well, what you have, uh, we, we kind of, I guess this kind of gets sort of into points, but we, you kind of have an insight into Jen's character in this when, uh, you know, Oh, you rolled over so fast. Um, and she's like, so quick. And then she's like, Oh, you can always count on me to throw myself under the bus. And that confidence in herself is definitely at war with the, the her with her She Hulk uh, form or body or whatever. Um, so I, I I do wonder if at any given point we will have a merging of the or an embracing of her her physical body and you know be be good for that because right now she definitely refers to herself as two people. Yeah. And she um this was one of my one of my points was just she she has this identity crisis. She says to Nikki, it's just what people have decided to call me. It's not who I am. I'm still Jennifer Walters. She-Hulk is just a thing that happened to me. 
And, right. you know, the first step is coming to terms with the name, which this whole episode is about. But mm-hmm. um, she's going to have to come to terms with the physicality and the all of the implications of being a She-Hulk. And I don't believe she's done that. I think she thinks she's okay, but she's not. And I had some issues with the CGI a couple episodes ago. And I think that it's the crappy suit that she's wearing. Yeah. After watching it, this after watching it in the last couple episodes, it hasn't bothered me as much as that. I think it was episode two. Um, but like, I'm like, I, she's still, I think it's the suit that's just bugging me. And if she gets something, uh, maybe cut more to maybe whenever she gets whatever she's gotten at the end of this episode, um, you know, maybe, maybe that will, look more smooth or look more I'll, I'll just say normal yeah to me the boxy suits definitely make her look awkward and clunky more than yeah. she needs to so i right. maybe that's intentional you know i mean they they have made a point of everyone telling her those suits are horrible so uh, <laughs> right it, it it's supposed to look bad but it's not supposed to make the cgi look bad it's just supposed to look bad right um yeah, at one point, Titania says, nice suit, Shrek. Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely was like, hey, I, I identify with that, you know, that memory or that, that viewpoint. Yeah, seriously. All right. So get into our points. Yeah. Do you want to start? Uh, sure. I'm going to start with our, our resident uh, Aunt Edna. Knock it! It's funny because I was literally today or yesterday watching uh, The Incredibles 2. Um, and, uh, that, you know, her, their, um, exclusive tailor, uh, Edna, whatever her last name is. Oh, Edna Mode. <laughs> Edna, Edna Mode. That's right. Thank you. Uh, Edna Mode in Luke, who knows exactly what he wants. He knows exactly like he knows he's a genius. He knows his own worth and he has no issues telling you about it. Um, it is funny the the line from Nikki. Oh no! In in fashion, it just being mean it just means that you're good. Um, that that's just the way that it is. Yeah, I um, thought he was a little cliche, um, but then again, no one can measure up to Edma Edna Mode. Knock it. <laughs> She's iconic. Um, I have a Edna Mode. Knock it. A Christmas tree ornament, and I don't even really celebrate Christmas. Um, <laughs> I love Edna Mode. No capes. Yeah. 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 No, no capes. No capes. No capes, darling. Yeah. Splash down, sucked into a vortex. No capes. Uh, yeah. Her, her babysitting stint with, uh, with Jack Jack and Incredibles 2 is a, a, I believe that they have a short of it, or maybe it's at the end of the, like in the credits, but it is just as funny as the Jack Jack attack uh, from the first one. If you haven't seen The Incredibles, uh, I highly recommend it. it the Incredibles, and Incredibles two, both were were fantastic, and Edna is one of those one of those characters that, even though she's CGI, she steals the scene of every scene she's in. Yeah, she's fantastic. I yeah. um, my little my nephew who is not little anymore. Uh, when he was a, a, a wee little toddler was obsessed with the Incredibles and um, he, he couldn't say the word. So he called them the Incroibles. And so I have just really like sweet 
associations with them of like little sure. little two-year-old and three-year-old nephew like being all adorable about well, they are in the fact incroyable yeah. yeah they are incroyable um, <laughs> um yeah so so luke and uh i yes i agree i mean yes he, he was kind of over the top and cliche but it's what we are familiar with maybe we're gonna see a softer side to hit to him Maybe we'll see a softer side to Mallory. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I did feel that, uh, I did appreciate the, just the, the over the top personality and, and kind of very, very bright personality that he had and his presence was, was pretty good. And then, I mean, the, uh, what, who was his assistant's name? Uh, Tinsley. 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 Yeah. Tinsley. Doesn't know what she's messing up. Leave just leaving random things out for people to to find or see when you have to put the top back on them. Yeah, and you know, Easter eggs for those of us who understood what that helmet was. Yeah, and we will get into that. Uh, yeah, it is. If if you are able to avoid the, uh, you know what, we'll just we'll just do it now, right? So it's Daredevil's gold helmet. Yes. And uh, <laughs> if if you if the internet didn't tell you that before, or you were curious, like why do I not recognize that? Because it's Daredevil's gold helmet, which means we're getting, you know, at least some sort of of source to uh, to his his new new outfit. Yeah. Who apparently Luke makes all of the 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 new new clothing for the the soups. I uh, I feel like it's a lot a missed opportunity with Luke to make his character someone really interesting. Uh, he just seemed like a typical fashion character to me that I've seen before a bunch of times. Uh, okay. This would have been an opportunity to bring in a character who was, I don't know, in a wheelchair or who um, had some kind of interesting backstory i i don't maybe he'll be revealed later to be more interesting but for now i just thought he was really sort of generic um i do really you know i i've been waiting for the fashion to hit this show so i'm very excited (laughs) to see what she's gonna be wearing and what the special thing was that he made for her Um, i am i am very curious about that as well yeah i assume it's either a um like a superhero outfit uh, or it's um, that sparkly silver dress that we've seen in the um, trailers, which is another reason mm. why I hate trailers. I feel like they ruin everything. <laughs> That's not necessarily incorrect. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I enjoyed him. And I think that because he reminded me so much of Edna, that I think that's – it's almost like they took a different character and they, they f- basically said, okay – who else, you know, has made superhero clothing and it's, it's Edna. So we're going to base him on her. Um, but again, Edna became lovable over time. Um, the first scene that Edna's in, you're just like, who is this tiny woman? Oh, Um, she is very clearly based on a couple of well-known fashion icons, uh, among them being Elsa Clench and Iris Apfel. So I loved her on site. I was like, oh, gotcha. oh, that's cool. Like, she was not like any character I'd ever seen in an animated movie before. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she did not disappoint. She was funny immediately. Gotcha. I, I, that was, that was, 
I, that's not how I remember it, mm-hmm. but I obviously don't have those, those Easter eggs uh, of fashion knowledge to, to understand why that would be entertaining. Yeah. It was one of the things that made me love the, the Incredibles is I was like, there's something for everyone in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So are you going to, you got your lawyer stuff? Yeah. I got a bunch of lawyer stuff. So much lawyer stuff. Um, so I think I mentioned before that early in my career, my specialty was trademark law. So all the stuff going on in this episode, I could answer anybody's questions about it if they want me to. Um, but, uh, I'll, I'll cover a few other things first. First of all, uh, Holloway calls Jen into his office and he's like, basically, you know, we can't be a law firm that can't clean up their own mess, deal with this. And I'm pretty sure he's the one that forces her to work with Mallory Book and not represent herself. It's a huge mistake to represent yourself. Even if you're a fantastic lawyer, you just aren't able to be objective. And you also can't argue for yourself the way you can argue for someone else. It's it's just a different Rep- it's a different relationship. Uh, I thought it was great that Mallory was like, just so we're clear. <laughs> like, you're a client. You're not another lawyer right now. Um, she understands. Mallory, I think, is probably a fantastic lawyer. She seems very on the ball. Um, a case like this probably would not go to a regular court. It would be done mostly on paper through what's called the TTAB, the Trademark Trial and Appeal Board. And they would file, um, Titania would have had to file for a temporary restraining order, and there'd be a hearing about that. Anyway, uh, what they were having was a summary judgment motion, and they weren't really doing that. So what summary judgment is, is when both sides have submitted their complaints, and the complaint lists all the th- all the facts that they think you know, prove their point on each side. There's like a complaint and an answer. And then a summary judgment motion is when one side says, even if everything the other side said was true, we would still be right. So the judge should rule on us on it now because they've already said all the facts that they think support their case and they still lose. What you don't do in a summary judgment motion is call witnesses and present new evidence. <laughs> Um, so this was like some kind of evidentiary hearing meets summary judgment. I don't know. It's TV. They skip a lot of the details and they're kind of sloppy with the truth. But if anyone was wondering what summary judgment is, that's what it is. Um, they also did not file my favorite claim in the pantheon of intellectual property rights, which is a right of publicity. This is, uh, a fairly new legal right in the last, like, I don't know, 40, 50 years. And it was developed by a series of cases based on robots. So um, one of the most famous ones is Vanna White. There was some Wheel of Fortune, like, uh, I think they were doing like Wheel of Fortune themed restaurants or something. And they made a Vanna White robot. And it looked like Vanna White, and it was clearly dressed like Vanna White, and it turned letters. And she was like, you can't use my likeness like that without my permission or paying me. And that went, I think, to the circuit court. And then there was a later case um, where the two actors who play Norm and Cliff on Cheers, 
there were a series of Cheers restaurant bars opened in like airports all over the country, and they had a Norm yeah. and a Cliff robot. And those two <laughs> actors sued and won. And these these robot cases uh, turned into what's now called the right of publicity, which is basically a famous person has the right to exploit or not exploit their own famous name. She-Hulk by Titania. And nobody else can trade on their famous name. There's a lot of follow-up cases about, like, the Elvis um, persona. And um, this right of publicity expires when you die. So the family often then goes on to use trademark and copyright to protect the likeness of the, you know, money-making person. Um so, yeah, there's cases about Elvis. And then there was, do you remember, like, oh, God, it was a while ago. There were a bunch of ads where Frank Sinatra was, like, dancing with a vacuum cleaner. Um, uh, yeah, that's, that's the, that rings a bell. Yeah, and uh, those were judged to be legal because, um, not Frank Sinatra, it was um, Fred Astaire. God, can't believe I got those two mixed oh. up. Um it was Fred Astaire, but uh, the, that was ruled to be legal because he had passed away. And so he no longer had a right to his own likeness, which I think is kind of crappy, but that's the right. American legal system. Anyway, they didn't yeah. do that. So if, <laughs> if I remember, you know, this is I, this is just me getting my, you know, sifting through the, the dredge of my brain. Uh, John Ratzenberger and George Wint, I believe, yes. were Cliff and Norm. That is their names. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so that, I mean that's that's really interesting. Uh there's um one of my most favorite legal words is something that did not come up in this case and it should have when the judge rules in Jen's favor and she says that Titania has to, you know, cease using the name and recall all the products. There's also a thing you can ask for and it's called spoliation of the profits. And spoliation basically means to like re-spew the profits. And it, it means that whatever profits Titania made on these cosmetics, she would have had to give to Jen uh, in addition to stopping using the name. But they didn't say spoliation, and I was very disappointed because it's just a really fun <laughs> word. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I did think that uh, – I did think that – I mean – thinking to myself hey you have to pull all products and so on and so forth i mean i imagine she's just going to end up renaming them something else but like pulling all of the advertisement and all that that cost her quite a bit oh yeah it's really expensive um and uh it can be a real pain if the trademark that you've lost about is in your corporate name uh because then you have to change your corporate name and you have to change like your all of your like bank accounts and you know, Oof. all your vendor accounts. And so when you're choosing a name for your company, get it cleared by a trademark lawyer. That's my legal advice for this episode. Um, <laughs> I have a lot of IP lawyer friends. And so I reached out and said, like, does anyone want to comment on this week's She-Hulk? It's all about trademarks. And my friend Heather wrote in and she said, I kept waiting for the words right of publicity or name, image, and likeness to come up. If the, if the idea is that Titania's She-Hulk line is successful because people associate it with the real She-Hulk. Does She-Hulk even need to be using She-Hulk as a mark, trademark, to prevent Titania from using it? I don't think so. It's false association. Also, a trademark examiner would ask Titania whether She-Hulk identifies a living person, and if so, that person's written consent is required for registration. Unless Titania just lies about it, which seems likely. 
Also, I guess they kind of talked about common law use trumping a later filing date, but I think most people probably came away from this thinking that the trademark comes from the registration. And that is not the case. We talked about this last week. The registration is just evidence of use of ownership that you get by using it in your business or in what they call commerce. Right. Um, also, not a litigator, but I thought the whole point of summary judgment was to say that even if the facts are as the other side claims, I win based on the law. Then they proceed to argue the facts. So, and then she says, I never thought I'd write She-Hulk so many times in one sitting. <laughs> um, I really appreciate you writing in. A couple of my other lawyer friends said they just didn't have time to get to the show today, but they'll write in later. So maybe we'll get some more fun comments from them in the future. Nice. Uh, that, yeah. Thanks for writing in. That's, that's awesome. Um, and, uh, anytime you have background in something that we're talking about, feel free to chime in. It, yeah. No it, kidding. It people. is like, I am expert on very little outside of my particular field of expertise. So, um, if we come up on a nuclear reactor operation episode, then I can, I'll have a lot to chime in. But, uh, other than that, uh, not, not my bag. So any input is good input. <laughs> Unless you're just making stuff up. Unless it's a funny story. Like, it, if it's a funny story, then I can I can, I can live with it. Yep. What is it? I'll I'll allow it. Ha! <laughs> I object. <laughs> um. All right. Is that what else you got for lawyer stuff? That's the end of my lawyer stuff point. Okay. Awesome. Um. Yeah. That was that was really really good stuff. My next point is the whole relationship between Nikki and Pug. This made me just smile from ear to ear almost the entire time these two were on screen together. Their chemistry together was phenomenal. Uh, the, you know, kind of the, the sidekick, uh, sidekick side story, B story was so good. Um, we finally got them, you know, when they, when they find the, we finally see where the Avengers comes from. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we, that we saw on the, the mug and in, in the credits from the very beginning, um, but the, the, the back and forth slick Nick, um, between, and then the, the, the drip broker. Um, so I was like, is there such a thing as a, a drip broker? And it turns out that there may not be a drip broker, but there is definitely something called a drip. A drip is a dividend reinvestment plan. And they're Basically, what it comes down to is that you can take anything that you make from any of your interest or anything like that, uh, or uh, results from your from an investment, and you can basically we'll, we'll call it let it ride. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of being more money, it would be like, hey, if you made uh, if you bought a share for a hundred dollars and you got it made ten dollars, you could make the take that ten dollars and get a tenth of a share instead of actual money on top of it. Um, so it's basically reinvesting any, uh, any not interest, but uh, any uh, dividends directly back into the thing so that your, so that your shares grow as the business does, or as you continue to get, get more, it's not money, but more shares. Basically it's just, like I said, it, you're just letting it ride and it is reinvesting back into whatever it is you had invested in. Is that what a drip broker is in this context, though? Because I thought it was because they call it drops, like sneaker drop. So I didn't. I I 
don't I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> My guess was that because I mean the drip broker was a guy who had something for everything. Yeah. I honest to God went and looked and I looked it up and I tried to look the drip broker. I was trying to understand what it was. Uh, if somebody else knows what a drip broker is, if maybe it's just a, a guy who has, you know, he's like red in Shawshank Redemption. He can get you anything for the right price. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Maybe it's slang. I'm not familiar with, um, but yeah, the Alonzo and uh, the, their whole adventure to the Boba cafe and then to the, the secret door decked out in their ensemble of uh, bootleg superhero outfits um the line by nikki uh okay i'll get a hat or i'll get a t-shirt and a hat yes of course i want to complete the ensemble that was delivered great and uh i i, I honest to god laughed out loud at it yeah and then their little I, then the, their little dance uh oh, yeah, outside the, the door was, was also good and he's got the hammer and the shield yeah. <laughs> it was so cute they, they, i enjoyed they're into it yeah I enjoyed their conversation at the office when he was like, I need a favor. And she's like, you know what? I charge for favors, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then later she's like, and she she's like, oh, I need a favor. I'm going to cash my favor in right now. And he's like, ahead of the favor you're going to do me. And then she's like, oh, but I'm, you know, waiving the interest. And he's like, oh, okay. As if this is a logical transaction with, right. you know, value a- attached to it. it was so cute. And, uh, and, I have to agree with you that their chemistry is really fun and I don't have I didn't get like a romantic chemistry vibe from them. No. I got a buddies hanging out, work friends vibe that I feel like I've had with coworkers before and it's lovely. It's fun. Absolutely. And the my my favorite Nikki line from this was so so you you're telling me that you have a bunch of shoes that you just have to look at and you're never, ever going to wear. I respect that. <laughs> I was yeah. like, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, one to rock, one to stock. Oh uh, yeah. There you go. And, uh, and then the, the picture at the end of the Iron Man threes, uh, the, the drawing of the Iron Man threes in the credit was, yeah. was pretty good too. They looked cool. I would wear those sneakers. <laughs> Yeah, it was like yeah, their their whole their whole dynamic in this was was so good. It was really cute. I loved the Boba Tea bootleg merchandise guy. Uh, he didn't have a lot of lines, but um, when he opens up that sad metal cabinet, as if it's like exciting to show them, you know, his line of Avengers uh, merchandise. I lost it. Um, I looked up close, and the Avengers t-shirt depicts a redheaded Thur, T-H-U-R, <laughs> uh, brandishing, brandishing a shovel, uh, purple mustachioed Hulk, H-O-L-K. I couldn't figure out what was changed about Iron Man. I think it might have been Iron Woman. Um, black scorpion, and she has like a picture of a scorpion <laughs> on her on her uniform. Uh Cap was like covered in eagles, but again, I couldn't tell if the name was changed. It looked like it just said Captain. And then Hawk Guy. And he was aiming an arrow with an eagle talon on it. Um, and then there were those boxer shorts that had Thur and Hulk and Hawk Guy and everybody on it. And a beach towel. This time the Hulk 
was still mustachioed but green, and he was in one of those like Borat swimsuits. Yeah, in the thong, the, yeah. the like the extra tall thong swimsuits. Um, I really kind of wish I could have that beach towel. It's uh, it's hilarious, and I actually need a beach towel. I need a new one, so um, if I could have that one, I yeah. I would. MCU, hop on that. Yeah, Disney, I, you get you got the money for it. I kind of wish that they hadn't used Avengers in those end credit drawings because it it a little bit stole the thunder from the joke when right. Nikki's like, "That's Avengers," and he's like, "Yeah, it's fine." <laughs> well, no, what I I loved his, his oh, you don't like Avengers and just slides to the right. I've got Avengers oh with an eye. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really appreciated that. That was awesome. Uh, Nikki uses Titania's name to try to get an appointment, and then the voice is like, I saw you shrug. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then she lies about Jen being an Avenger, which was pretty funny. Oh, by the way, I told you, told me you're Avenger. What? She's (laughs) on the list. The announcements that hadn't been made yet. They're finalizing the deal. She is such a fast talker in this, and it was was great. I really liked seeing her, her character get I'm not going to say fleshed out, but seeing her get some more screen time and, and more lines and because she was really, really good. Yeah, she's great. And she made that Avengers merchandise look really cute. She had like, it really she had did. like yeah. tucked in the sleeves and she belted it with an Avengers fanny pack. And <laughs> she had the hat, you know, sort of askew. It was super cute. Yeah. For for a bunch of ripoff clothing, like you wouldn't necessarily think that, that you can make that look good, but she did. And Pug was just straight up rocking it. He was, he was like, "Hey, I got, I got no pride. I'll walk around like this all damn day." He seemed really thrilled with his hammer. Um, I hope he uh, enjoys that. <laughs> they would have, they would, they would have done well at uh, at AvengerCon. Um, hey, Greg, I need to take a quick break. My cat is fighting with a mouse right under my feet. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break. Thanks for listening. We'll be back. She-Hulk by Titania. And we're back. And uh, hopefully all rodent issues have been taken care of. Penny, uh, what's your next point? I wanted to talk about uh, feminism and specifically white feminism. I was uh, just sort of surfing around on the net and and looking at articles about She-Hulk and I came across uh, an article on uh, blacknerdproblems.com, which is a website I really recommend. It, it always has some interesting articles. And this one talked a little bit about how the sort of history of She-Hulk in the comics and how she has been a part of several different teams and she's done cosmic and also earthbound um, storylines makes her a, a great hub for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they can bring lots of characters in through a She-Hulk show like this. Like, we've already seen all these great cameos. But Mm -hmm. then the article sort of went off on a tangent about um, how She-Hulk is sort of hit you over the head with a hammer feminism. And I think it's also got a little bit of being just behind the times when it comes to feminism, and that it it reflects um, a white feminist point of view, which is where a lot of the 
philosophy and the and the rhetoric of that movement is around sort of how difficult it is for women in a man's world and women's rights compared to men's rights and often ignores uh, the differences between white women and women of color or trans women or women with disabilities, and they don't always incorporate the needs of those groups into their philosophy of feminism. Uh, Historically, uh, this has been shown sort of most famously by white women trying to get the right to go to work. You know, it used to be very rare that women, white women had jobs, right? They were expected to be like stay-at-home moms. Uh, In fact, it wasn't even, stay-at-home mom wasn't even a phrase, right? It was just what women did. Um, But women of color always had jobs. And Sojourner Truth wrote a very pivotal book about it called Ain't I a Woman? And it was like, you know, I've been working my whole life. Black women have been working their whole lives. And most of us, you know, come from slavery and we're women and you're leaving us out of this story. And I think She-Hulk is falling a little bit into this trap. I'm hoping that they're aware of it and they have a plan to get out of it. I would like to see Jen be a real feminist hero who protects the rights of all people and fights against the patriarchy and not just, you know, like mediocre men. Um, You know, we've gotten a good sampling of toxic masculinity. It's been funny, but it's also been true. But I kind of feel like it's time to move on to a more sophisticated kind of feminism. That's that's pretty fair. Uh, I mean, like I... I, I had not gotten gotten an, I have not have an opportunity. I was skimming through the the article um, while you were summarizing, um, and I want to read that whole thing. Uh, we'll go ahead and put it in show notes so other people can who want to want to read about it. And that's a like that's a, a really valid way of putting it, and and hoping that uh, that that they that Jen ends up pushing for the 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 rights of of all people is you know obviously. Like, hey, if we want a, a hero, let's have her be a hero, like a, a real hero, not just a hero for this one particular small sector of, you know, against crappy men. Um, I am curious if we're going to get more complex characters than, as you said, the the just questionable men, uh, the, the the toxic male uh, personas. Um those end up being kind of one dimensional and not super complex, uh, which makes them in my, my opinion, a little bit less interesting, but they are pretty fun cannon fodder. Um, it's, it's nice to be seen, see somebody who you think is a crappy person be brought down low. So while I won't necessarily be disappointed that they don't take that next step, uh, or if they don't take that next step, um, that would be a really, really, I'm not going to say fun, but uh, a really, really interesting storyline to, to actually pursue. Um, although perhaps people like myself who are neither female nor of color uh, may have to be hit over the head with it uh, in order to really understand the nuance or have someone like yourself explain it to me. Uh, and that'll make me help me appreciate it on, on an entirely new, new level. Uh, I'm happy to uh, have you join my um, white feminist trying to be an intersectional feminist classes um, if I can ever get my Zoom to work again. 
the, that would be that would be definitely be interesting to to, to sit in and, and listen to. <laughs> I am not an expert, and you should not take a class from me. Just letting you all oh. know that. <laughs> oh, I thought you were in an actual class. See, this is how dumb I am. I, honest to God, thought you were taking a class, and I was like, oh, I mean, I did right, in college, sure. but um, everything since then is self-taught. Gotcha. I just read a lot of uh, feminist writers, so I keep up on this stuff. Yeah, that, that, that's awesome. I mean, like I said, all input is good input, and I can take it on board and try to assess it within myself. Uh, I hope your next point is something a little more fun than than uh. Well, like box. I feel, I feel a little bit crappy because I don't necessarily have something more. I mean, I think it was fun. I thought it was fun. But we're going to get to that parade of questionable men. Oh, yeah. Um, and <laughs> as as silly as it was and as humiliating as it was, it was like I, it was it was just like that. Just like I said at the beginning, the kind of that cringe humor, like this is something that that Nikki said to uh, Nikki said to Jen, you know, like, oh, I saw this guy online and I was like. Yeah, I'll donate a couple of hours, a couple of my precious hours to, to a dinner with this guy. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I mean, like the, like each of those guys were, you know, subsequently, I'm not going to say subsequently worst because I thought that little bodybuilder guy was obviously looked to make himself look better by, oh, I thought she was a little too, too try hard. Uh, the writer was, you know, sufficiently... Uh, We'll just say cocky for a stereotypical uh, artist or writer. Um, and then Todd. I don't know what the hell Todd does. Apparently, he's one of the biggest clients that Mallory has, but no touching, um, which I thought was also funny. Oh, yeah. Um, I got the sense that he's tried to touch her on numerous occasions. Yeah. <laughs> like That didn't seem like the first time he'd gotten that, that, that guideline. Because he was like, um, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah and uh and so then and then you you end up with maybe the pediatric oncologist um I, I imagine that if he wasn't that it would have come out during the the trial like that would have so i'm gonna assume that he would that if he wasn't that it would have been shown but we're just gonna say that that yeah. extremely attractive man in there <laughs> that mallory said what he said was you deserve better um i i thought that that the idea uh, that not only does Jen not see herself as one person, she sees herself as two different people. Um, like he saw her as completely different people. Like it's not like he doesn't think to himself, Oh, well, Jen Walter's brain is still in she Hulk's body. Like it's all about the physical. And that just yeah. grates at me. Well, and also he sort of acted like, like Jen is some like hideous, you know, loser when right. she's I like mean, this really pretty, accomplished attorney. Like she's a catch. He should be so lucky. Yeah. So it's it's very hard to to like to to put uh, the idea of oh well you know she she's got a ponytail and glasses and so she's worthless but oh my gosh she took off the ponytail and glasses and now she's beautiful and i mean I, I, that that whole concept because that's basically what it seems like right it's it seems like it's the not another teen movie trope where it's 
you do very small things to ch- physically, you know, to change your appearance and now you're stunning or whatever. Yeah, they call um, it like Hollywood ugly where they just like they put glasses yeah, I mean, and don't wear quite as much makeup and that's right. I mean, to be but, ugly. but now we're talking about Tatiana Maslany who is not not unattractive at all. Uh, I mean, you know, when she was wearing that shirt at the end of last episode, I'm just like, whew, yeah, boy, howdy. Um, I mean, and to, to, to think to yourself, oh, well, I mean, okay, I get it. If you're wearing that suit, that like giant suit, and you look like a kid in your parents' clothes, maybe that's not the most, uh, not the best foot forward. But I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it makes it hard for me to be like, oh, come on. Like, it's, this 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 she didn't turn into the old crone from you know the the evil stepmother from Snow White she she turned into a beautiful woman yeah and, and I would think that a yeah, that just weird. a guy especially like you know a kind of shallow guy like that guy turned out to be would be like you mean I get two women in one like yeah. isn't that cool like wouldn't you want that I think that's cool I would like a guy that was like had two different forms and i could be like switch to the other one like that's cool yeah i, I mean the, don't get me wrong like some of the uh the the humor of she hulk versus the humor of jen walters i get it that they're the same but the personas that she puts forth you know uh in search of a sturdy back and a reinforced king size bed oh, i thought that was so funny i thought that was so funny i was literally i mean like again this, this this episode literally made me laugh out loud on several occasions and that was one of them yeah the it reinforced was, I think it was king a, bed killed me yeah it, it was i think it was a, a guffaw at that particular moment um i i really yeah the humor in this kind of tickled my funny bone um although the 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 lower and lower that Jen sank, and then at the end when you know the oncologist finished his testimony, and he looks at her and she's just like, "Thanks." Yeah. I mean, I just like I was. It was so hard to watch in that particular moment, but you know, funny leading up to that. Did you catch that the um, the I can deadlift six hundred pounds guy hit yeah. on Titania on the way out of the court? Yeah, I'll let you buy me stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like it just again just goes back to how I'm. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Which I believe is the exact same thing he said to to She Hulk when she said, you know, oh this guy, you know, this guy just called me She Hulk. It's a funny story because whatever. And she's like, he's like, I'm really sorry that happened to you. How about you let me buy you? Yeah, okay, you can buy me stuff. Whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I feel okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to hit her in my notes then. Not hit her in my notes, but I, I can't believe I didn't mention Jamila Jamil because her character was so over the top. But uh, yeah, well, I'm going to talk a little bit about her. Uh, so, in keeping with this episode's themes of identity, trademarks, names, and owning your name, the advertisement for the She Hulk line by Titania said. Strength is beauty. Beauty is strength. What makes you beautiful? She-Hulk by Titania. Be strong. Be beautiful. Own who you are. She-Hulk by Titania. I am strength. I am beauty. I own who I am. So clearly poking fun at the storyline of where she doesn't own the name She-Hulk, but she can own Titania. That's her name. But but it's almost like this commercial is telling Jen own who you are, right? Yeah. 
I think like it's, that's, and she's tacky, right? So beauty is strength and what makes you beautiful. I mean, she's like going at it the wrong way with the wrong messaging. But of course she would because she's Titania and she's shallow and tacky. And right. um, she has a pop-up shop at the Grove. I just thought that was really <laughs> hilarious. Um, Chad selling like bogus signed She-Hulk products was just perfect. And then at one point when he and Jen are talking, he says, I don't know what to tell you. And then I was like, oh, my God, Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner says that all the time. Like, <laughs> That's I, true. I was like, did did they do that? Had to be intentional to like. Oh, it had to be because they're related. Um, I, yeah, that was really funny. And then when when um, Jen and Nikki go to the pop up shop, and she's and Titania is selling snake venom lip plumper, and um, uh, Jen's like, she's selling literal snake oil. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what? Oh. Um, I wanted to mention that in real life, uh, there the makeup company Urban Decay is selling a She-Hulk makeup line. It seems to be just eyeshadow so far, but they say it's going to be a makeup line. So I don't know what else is going to be in it. Uh, and it's all, you know, it's like the She-Hulk colors. There's a lot of greens and purples. Um, it looks kind of cheesy. Uh, I'll be honest. If they're selling whatever eyeshadow that Nikki had on like the multicolored like that stuff was pretty pretty well put together yeah um, there are really uh, great makeup tutorials on YouTube and you can watch like how to put together that kind of eye makeup look I can't wear that kind of eye makeup but I find the process of somebody putting it on really fascinating to watch um, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's it's really cool and um I sometimes I get I go down a YouTube hole and I'm like watching <laughs> hair braiding videos and eye makeup videos and then I'm like uh, it's one thirty in the morning. <laughs> uh, that's the end of my points. Okay. Um. All right. So I'm gonna go through a few of my notes. Um. The the She Hulk booty boost shake that uh, that Holloway <laughs> was was talking about and then in the comics at the end you see him looking at his butt with like four or five of the shakes on the uh on the counter that was that was pretty good yeah and i think pug um, is walking by his office giving him some side eye <laughs> right um and uh we're talking about the you know did dr strange or thor have to trademark their names well it's funny that you use two people that actually you reuse their real names I mean, if you'd said Iron Man or Captain America, like maybe Captain America was trade- trademarked, but um, yeah, that, that was. Although I imagine that Tony would have iron- trademarked Iron Man. Oh, pre- yeah. pretty well. I'm sure Pepper took care of that for him. Oh yeah. Um, I wish that we had seen the entire shift from She-Hulk to Jen. I we she started shrinking, and then it cut away as it started getting to Jen. I was like. Wow, we're gonna see it! And, oh wait, no, no, no. Yeah, I guess that's um, expensive CGI. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like I, I was, I was really looking forward to it. And I was like, oh, and then you hear the the sound effect as she grows back up, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, I did think that uh, that the that her uh, her the the title of the episode, right? The the mic drop moment was mean green and poured into these jeans was pretty pretty funny for for what it was um 
Titania basically just wears a bunch of bedazzled stuff. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe that's high fashion. I again, not an expert, I don't think but so. uh Well, maybe if you like there's this one designer uh design company called Dolce and Gabbana and uh yeah, sometimes they're like that, like just really tacky. Yeah, it's uh not my taste. Yeah, I I I don't I I was just like, man, that is a lot of of sequins. Yeah. Basically she like everywhere. A Christmas tree. Like she had like <laughs> right. tinsel hanging off her shoulders <laughs> yeah. and it was just a little much. Although I am really into this is a fairly new makeup trend, but she had like sort of sparkly bits or jewels like under yeah. her eyes at the top of her cheekbone. And I I think that looks really cool. They use it to they use makeup like that a lot on Euphoria and on, you know, those like twenty year old actresses it Mm-hmm. It's pretty. It's pretty becoming. Uh, yeah, uh, I, there was. I mean, there was. There was a lot about Titania that I liked physically. The dress was not it. Um, I keep expecting to hear Jimmy Jamil's British accent from The Good Place, and yeah. it's. Ju- it just feels so weird not hearing that out of her voice, out of her very Americanized Titania voice. Um, but. Uh, uh, oh, I, I really did like the, the the line that Mallory had. You know, you look like a football player pleading no contest to a DUI. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, which which happens a lot. Um, maybe not, maybe not no contest, but uh, and then, uh, um, yeah, I, I did think that the Boba Cafe, the the whole Boba Cafe scene was great. And you're right, the actor that, that portrayed the guy, this is a Boba Cafe. And they're like, oh, and oh, I said we're not cops in Chinese. I I have so much shame. <laughs> so I was I was laughing so hard at that. I got the sense that um, that maybe Nikki has shopped at some uh, bootleg stores in the past that were in Chinatown. Uh-oh. Yeah, she she knows Mandarin. Yeah. I mean, or at least she's very familiar with certain phrases in Mandarin. So I find myself wondering what her pedigree is and what her her background is that she has all of these these extra talents that are very useful, but not necessarily something that you uh, would necessarily think that a a paralegal or administrator would have. Yeah, she does Again, seem to be more of a. Of a girl Friday, right? She's like a jack of all trades, Jill of all trades. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, Jill of all trades. Yeah, uh, she the the enigma that is Nikki. I want to know more. Yeah, maybe we'll get like some Nikki shorts. Uh, yeah, like the just like the the Wong Madison spinoff. Uh, you have a Nikki Pug spinoff, and you can get some backstory on Pug. Yeah, that'd or be great. Pug and Nikki. I recently watched uh, rewatched the Thor Daryl videos. Yeah, on, those are so good. On Disney Plus. God, they're hilarious. They um, are very good. So yeah, if they would do something like that, like just little shorts to give us a little bit more yeah, the, of Nick. The one fun. shots. Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. Uh, uh that's all my notes. I I had a, a couple little ones. Um when Jen says to Mallory, I'm so happy we're friends now, and then it gets like really <laughs> awkward between them. Yeah. <laughs> uh that was really funny. And Jen's like, uh, did I say that out loud? Um, and she says at one point to Mallory, that's why Holloway pays me the medium bucks. That's my joke. I've been telling that joke for 20 years. 
<laughs> I'm like, should have trademarked hey, it first. I should have I mean, trademarked hey, it. Should have trademarked trademark it. it. <laughs> yeah. uh, all the um, owning your own name, owning your name, coming to terms with your name stuff uh, really reminded me a lot of Tina Turner and the famous courtroom scene from her biopic where she's like, I just want my name. And she like walks out of her divorce uh, with just the name Tina Turner and like none of the assets from um, from her time with Ike Turner. She just like literally takes her name and that's it. Um, was that was that what, what's love got to do with it? Yeah, what's love got to do with it? Yeah, I forgot the name of it. Great movie. Um, sorry if I just spoiled a thirty-year-old movie for anyone who hasn't seen it. <laughs> um, but uh, Tina Turner goes on to have a big career as you might know from her having gone on to have a big career. Uh, Spoilers for Tina Turner's career. I mean, come on. (laughs) Uh, And I just thought it was really interesting that when she was talking about the upsides of being a Hulk, it was like no hangovers. um, Great hair. Great hair. And she can walk home at night with headphones on without being afraid. Uh, Every woman's dream. Yeah. Seriously. I love taking walks at night and like, I, I don't do it anymore because it's just scary. Right. I did that it a lot when sucks. I was a kid and I didn't really know better. Uh, I'm sorry that uh, <laughs> women go through that. that. That is horrific. Yeah, it sucks. Maybe someday. <sighs> yeah. Oh, and the end, the end credit song was Say My Name by Tova Sturke. Okay. In case anyone wanted to know, I, I did. I did enjoy that. There was no tag. I was. I was hoping for a fun tag, <laughs> but uh, I guess they had. We had too much fun in the show itself. Yeah. Um, oh, but. also, Jamila Jamil's Instagram feed is worth a look right now. She's been doing a lot of stuff as Titania outside the show. <laughs> uh, she went to New That's York awesome. Fashion Week dressed as Titania in this like crazy lime green dress, um, and. Uh, we had that video, you had the video that you sent me where she's like spray painting her name over pictures of She-Hulk and yeah. she's just out and about doing silly stuff and uh, it's it's worth a peek at her Instagram feed. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, one, she is very, very body conscious and body supportive of, of all women everywhere and really gets on to people about shaming with regard to basically anything yeah. except for... You know, just being a a horrible human being, um, and I I am here for it. Uh, it she, she's she's fantastic. Yeah, she's a real activist, and um, she started this program or this campaign called I Way, and encourages women to send her posts about uh, the things that they've accomplished in their lives, and saying you know instead of saying what their weight is in like pounds or kilograms, saying you know I weigh three children that I raised and a PhD and, you know, whatever the accomplishments are of that particular woman and, and trying to think about your value as a person because of the that's, things you do. That's pretty cool. And not what you weigh. It's, it's, it can be a really, really moving uh, campaign to keep an eye on. Sometimes the stories are really interesting. That's awesome. All right. Um, any other notes? No, I think I've said enough. okay uh we're gonna take a quick break we'll be back some more to come with 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are back. Uh... So in as far as news goes, we don't have too much. Uh, we are going to go ahead and put that article that Penny mentioned into the show notes. Uh, and we are going to move on to listener feedback. Great. We got one comment on Facebook from Bob Oaks. And Bob says, this felt like one of those episodes where the writers had a point they wanted to make. And they wrote the episode beating us over the head to make that point. The entire Jodie Whittaker run of Doctor Who was like that, and it ruined her portrayal of the Doctor for me. I know it made their point, but humiliating Jen by parading the loser she dated on the stand was too over the top for me. I already agree with the point. I don't need to see it play out humiliating a character that I like. I didn't find it funny at all. It just felt heavy-handed to me. That said, I like the Daredevil tease at the end. I'm looking forward to him. Oh, me, me too, Bob, as far as Daredevil. Um, I understand what you're saying as far as the, the heavy handed goes. Um, as I said, I, I did enjoy it. Um, although I think that in my person, in just my opinion, um, I think that Jen needed to have that kind of that heavy handed way of doing it for her to realize that she's worth more. And the, these guys were just a waste of her time. I could be wrong. Uh, maybe I'm looking too deeply into it, but like that's why I, that's how I kind of justified that in in the writer's mind. It, you you thought it was too heavy. I get it. I get what you're saying though. I um I like that perspective. Makes um, me feel a lot better about it. And I wouldn't call it heavy handed so much as broad. Yeah, look at all these, these look at all the all these losers that you chose to go on dates with. And I mean, it. I, I get what you're saying. It was it was very broad uh, in my in my opinion. It is very broad as far as the uh as far as like the a wide spectrum of crappy people yeah yeah <laughs> and uh it wasn't like too specific on on whatever but i and i think it did make its point but uh but hey bob thanks for letting for writing in and uh we we appreciate the feedback keep it coming um we did end up with one voicemail from the innumerable steve brown I don't think innumerable is the right word, but uh, that's where we're at. So uh, see what Steve's got to say. Opinion, Greg, this is Steve. And uh, this is just an in general comment because I this weekend, I just I remembered I'm leaving town on Thursday. I won't be back until Saturday evening. So um, but I'm loving your podcast. It is the first thing I do after Mark and I finish recording for ours. So that's why sometimes it, it takes a little time because sometimes we're a little later. But uh, I absolutely love your podcast and I will try to get a live Steve together next week for you. And, uh, but again, I just want you to say how much I appreciate your podcast. I'm sorry that I'm just calling in for Kirk cause I love Kirk and, uh, Penny, it's great to hear the lawyer's perspective of things cause I'm not a lawyer. So, uh, but anyway, so it's great to hear you guys every week and I can't wait to uh, live Steve for you next week. Talk to you later. Awesome, Steve. We awesome. really appreciate that. Thanks, Steve. I am so glad to hear that people like the lawyer stuff because I'm always a little afraid that people think it's boring. So, 
uh, I appreciate the support. Yeah, I, hey, I, I appreciate all the stuff that you're teaching me about feminism and lawyer stuff. It's it is an education for me. And uh, as my wife tells me, sometimes I should just know these things, but sometimes I need them to be pointed out to me. So I, I appreciate all of that. I'm happy to help. Uh. We did get some great feedback on last week's Marvel question of the week. People prefer to be positive. So I'm going to keep it positive from here on out. Uh, the question <laughs> was, um, who has the best costume? Not the powers or the technology, but the look. I personally really dislike Falcon's new Captain America costume. Uh, I posted a picture of it with, on Facebook and said, I think that the part that wraps around his neck and face is awkward and ugly. And that it looks like something you'd wear for medical reasons. So Ben Beck's uh, feedback to that was, no way. I was stoked to see Stan flying this, this costume. It looks awesome. As for me, I've been a fan of the Ant-Man costume since they debuted it in the MCU. And I actually, I put a comment on there and I, like, uh, very specifically, like, he probably was wearing the prototype and then... You know, the prototype was designed to covertly get in and out of places. It wasn't necessarily designed to uh, to, to pun be punching people or catching shields or whatever. He probably got like he was like, oh, uh, I this does. This isn't the great. The, this isn't the best. I, I'm getting hurt doing this. I don't, I'm not a super soldier. I don't have super strength or anything like that. He probably needs it for medical reasons. There's probably some reason for the support um, and very close to the comic. So, um I, I can also appreciate that. Yeah, I respect that. Uh, Lara Willie Swink wrote in and said, I may have recency bias, but after watching the behind the scenes making of Moon Knight, I was super impressed by the detail added to the costume, including embroidered hieroglyphics in the fabric. And Layla's golden winged Isis light costume is just as stunning. I so agree. Yeah, the Moon Knight costumes were amazing. Um, yeah, they and and I think the, the the dedication to like the to the like the Egyptian uh, history and whatnot was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen Moon Knight, I really recommend it. I it was a remarkable show with really stellar acting. No, oh, absolutely. Uh, Steve, who we just heard from, uh, he just sent a, a gif of the Scarlet Witch from Multiverse of Madness. I mean, like just the framing of her face with her her crown tiara whatever it is and and her the her black fingertips i mean she she looks positively wicked and i'm here for it yeah i agree that was a great costume uh dave mason wrote in and said black panther has my favorite uniform but then i'm partial to black fair enough uh nathan moreau uh, i feel like they've nailed almost every superhero costume but iron man really hits me the most the way they showed the iron suit evolve was incredible yeah that's true uh, Karen Schmelk Cohn says Loki never has had a bad fashion day, nor does T'Challa, I think. And I'm all in for Yelena's vest as every woman needs more pockets. And you can't be a superhero with a purse. Honey Lemon and Big Hero 6 being the exception. <laughs> uh, Heather Millsap uh, says Loki or Widow for me. Uh, Mark Nagy uh, posted a gif of uh, who I call Beer Bro Thor. I, and I refer to him as Thick Thor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Renee, Renee Murray says Wakanda Forever. I mean, Black Panther. She that 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 costume is pretty smooth. All of the Wakanda costumes in that movie were amazing. 
Uh, she did yeah. win. I can't remember her name right now. Ruth something. She did win the Oscar for costumes that year. Um, it was the only Oscar I cared about. Uh, yeah, it was fantastic. Really beautiful stuff. Uh, Alma Contreras says, "I really love Doctor Strange. You got to love a a cape." But I mean, but this is no capes. <laughs> no, no capes. <laughs> um, uh, that's uh, like uh, Doctor Strange is is one of my tops. I I. I personally felt that I'm going to go ahead and insert my opinion. I never in the comics, I never liked Iron Man's costumes. I never liked Dr. St- well, not I never, but I, I thought Dr. Strange's was, you know, kind of, kind of cool looking, but I think that the live action version of both Iron Man and, um, uh, and I think specifically the machinery and mechanics behind the Iron Man costume was, absolutely phenomenal like they they with the hydraulics and the power core and all that i thought it was absolutely stunning um yeah i al- love although, that scene in infinity war when um you know strange and banner like find tony in the park with pepper and then he has to go fight the aliens or whatever and he like taps his chest and then the nanoparticles like spread out and turn into the Iron Man costume. Oh, I was the, like, the nano, the nano suit is yeah. phenomenal. I was like, whoa, <laughs> in the theater, like, <laughs> oh my god. I mean, it was. I think that was the first time we saw the nano nano costume, and it or the nanobite costume, and it it looked amazing. In because I watched it in 3D and on an IMAX screen, and you're just like, oh my god, that's. Like you're waiting for something, you know, like a, a suitcase or whatever to come bust out with his suit. And it's literally just a part of his clothing now. And it's so great. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, uh, Matthew Randall or Randall uh, in the MCU. I was most excited by the Scarlet Witch costume, even though it's relatively plain. I think it's practical and the headpiece makes it distinctive. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Brad Holt. Uh, and Brad Holt. Whenever I, yeah, whenever I see Brad Holt's name or hear Brad Holt's name, I want to say Steve Holt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you know, you know. Uh, he uh, just posted a, a GIF of Cap, specifically Cap from the end of Endgame, from the battle scene in Endgame. Oh, is is that is that worthy Cap with the with Monier yeah. and yeah, with the, uh, the the broken shield and like I could do this all day. Whew. Yeah, man, I just get chills thinking about that scene. <laughs> oh, so good. Nanimus, I actually love the new Captain America costume. Agree to disagree. That's the beauty of, of, uh, of our thing we have going on at Podcastica. We can all have an opinion. Uh, Jason Cabasi says, it's a boring answer, but I've always thought Spidey's costume was the coolest. He's had a few looks in the MCU, but I like this one. And it was a picture of the first one, the classic red and blue, that hues close to the comics. Uh, do you, so the red, which which one? It, uh, was it the new one or not the Iron Spider, but the the first Tom Holland one? Yeah, or the first Tom the Holland one? one. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, I really liked the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Uh, I mean, I, to be fair, I liked all of the Spider-Man, I mean, even Spider-Man 3 uh, with the, the black costume. Um, I, I even, like, when I saw it in theaters, I wasn't like, oh, gosh, like, this is so crappy because they're trying to shoehorn too much into a movie. I was just, like, just watching it. And then afterwards, you know, I thought about it, and then, then I heard other people talking. I was like, okay, yeah, I guess that's true. They could have made other portions of this better, but... I mean, every Spider-Man movie I've seen, I've I've enjoyed. Uh, even Spider-Man Two, or sorry, Amazing Spider-Man Two, which was uh, 
I guess the worst one that people have talked about. Is that the one with the rhino? I, I enjoyed it. Yep, that's the the end. The end in the beginning has rhino. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's kind of dopey, uh, but it's it's still a better superhero movie than what we ever used to get. I mean, but this is this was my this is like my childhood hero come to life, and in and every time that I saw him, I was like, oh, that's how they're doing this. I'm so excited. <laughs> and then you know, I I hear other people's opinions, and I'm like, okay, maybe maybe I'm not maybe maybe I'm a little bit biased. No, I'm not a little bit biased. I'm 100% biased. And <laughs> if you put Spider-Man on screen, I will probably be excited to see him. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's why I don't like to read reviews or listen to other people's opinions before I see something, because mm-hmm. I want to go into it fresh, and I want to enjoy it if I'm going to enjoy it. Right. Um, all right. So what do we have next week? Penny? So our next Marvel question of the week is a little bit inspired by, by that article, in that I'm wondering uh, about crossovers and what crossovers you'd like to see in the MCU. But I specifically want you to think about superheroes from other superhero universes that you wish they would cross over into the into the MCU. So when you – let me just be, be 100% clear. We can talk about crossovers that we haven't seen already within the MCU. Yeah. But – what you're talking about is like, hey, DC to to Marvel or like uh, Spawn or one that basically the people who are, are, would never be a part of this universe. Exactly. Got it. Okay. Uh, I just, Scooby-Doo. I we'll get some interesting. Batman. Oh, a Scooby-Doo crossover would be amazing. <laughs> uh, there's a um, Scooby-Doo episode of Supernatural, and it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Uh, again, those movies, like maybe the people who were in them were like hated them, but I loved Scooby Doo and Scooby Doo too. But again, I'm also a kid at heart, uh, and nostalgia will always bring me back. <laughs> well, they're very silly, and as long as you don't expect them to be Shakespeare, then just enjoy them for what they are. <laughs> yep. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to get in touch with us or find out more about Podcastica, or if you want to ask me more about trademark law, you can find all of our contact information at podcastica.com. You can write in or record a voice message right there on podcastica.com or find links to our social media pages or other shows. Yeah. um, I mentioned earlier that I'm doing Rings of Power right now with Onwen, and we're having a great time. That show is really beautiful. Uh, but you can also uh, catch Rima and usually Kristen, but sometimes she has guests. This week it was Wendy uh, talking about um, House of the Dragon. That coverage is great. I got to be honest, the first three episodes of House of the Dragon didn't grab me, but episode four, I am I am way in now, completely in. <laughs> that that is a that is a be- another beautiful show. Uh, it's just like Rings of Power, and the lore behind it is is phenomenal, and they really get deep. Um, I've been listening to that, uh, and I listened to all two and a half hours of it and the whole hour section of, of book talk with Rima and Rennie. And it, it's so good. Uh, especially because I, I've, I've read the book, although I don't necessarily remember anything. I don't mind spoilers, but, uh, and then Handmaid's Tale, Handmaid's Tale is, is out and we've had the first couple episodes. Um, I think it's Wendy and is it Jason and Daphne? Yeah. And Daphne, um, and Jason, and they, it's the three of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and my understanding is that season five is super great. Yeah. So far um, it's amazing. Got, gotta, gotta get going on season two again. 
Yeah. Listening um, to the podcast really helps me because the episodes are extremely intense. And just by the end of listening to the episode, I've like processed all of my emotions and gotten through the episode. And, and uh, it really makes me enjoy the show. Nice. All right. Next time on this podcast, She-Hulk, season one, episode six. Ugh, title not released. <laughs> That's our show, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. And remember... No kicks. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.